This is the message given by Pastor Mark Schroeder during the morning worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for August 14, 2022. The title of the message is, Continue Looking to Jesus. It's good to be back here. The final message that I will bring to you is again out of the book of Hebrews. If you would please turn to the 12th chapter or you would just open your bulletin there. You'll see the text printed for you. Listen carefully. This is God's holy word. Hebrews 11, 39 through 12, 3. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. May God be pleased to open the scriptures to each and every one of us this morning. Writer and sometimes uh, marathoner Art Carey described in a memorable piece for the Philadelphia Inquirer his experience of, uh, quote, hitting the wall, end quote, and then going on to finish the Boston Marathon. We pick up his story mid-stride. By now, the rigors of having run nearly 20 miles are beginning to tell. My stride has shortened, my legs are tight, my breathing is shallow and fast, my joints are becoming raw and worn, My neck aches from all the jolts that have ricocheted up my spine. Half-dollar-sized blisters sting the soles of my feet. I'm beginning to feel queasy and lightheaded. I want to stop running. I have hit the wall. Now the real battle begins. Up the first of many long inclines, I start to climb. One, two, one, two, right, left, right, left, right, left. The radio listening spectator reports that the race is over. Six miles away, Bill Rogers has won again. His ordeal is done. The most intense of my own is about to begin. Heartbreak Hill, the last, the longest, the steepest, 
a half-mile struggle against gravity designed to finish off the faint and faltering. Hundreds of people stand along the hill watching, urging the walkers to jog, the joggers to run, the runners to speed on to Boston. Slowly, ever so slowly, the grade begins to level out. The last four miles are seemingly endless. Finally, the distinctive profile of the Prudential building looms on the horizon. I can see the yellow stripe 50 yards ahead. I run faster, pumping my arms, pushing off my toes, defying clutching leg cramps to mount a glorious last gasp kick. 40 yards, 30 yards, 20 yards, cheers and clapping, 10 yards, finish line, an explosion of euphoria. But then he writes in conclusion, while times and places are important and breaking a personal record is thrilling, especially as you grow older, the real joy of the Boston Marathon is just finishing, doing what you have set out to do. When you became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have set out in a race to run that race faithfully and to finish the race. The real joy of the Christian life is in the finishing and seeing Jesus Christ face to face and hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. One underlying theme, this is the fourth message I have brought to you out of the book of Hebrews uh, this summertime. Uh, the underlying theme, uh, one great theme is Jesus Christ, our high priest. But underlying this, the author, uh, a pastor's heart, continues to say, don't fall away, don't give up, endure to the end. I'm not going to take the time now, but in passages such as chapter 2, verse 1, and then chapter 3, verse 6 and 12, and then 4, 11, and then 6, 11, and 12, and then chapter 10, 35 through 39, these passages are saying, brothers and sisters, hang in there. Keep looking to the Lord. Don't give up in your personal race that you run with Jesus. And now chapter 11 shows us some of the history of faithful endurance. There are 16 names listed in that lengthy chapter, and others are mentioned at the end of it as well. And now we come to, I think fitting for my last message here, uh, four commands encouraging us to run the race with endurance. Point number one, lay aside every weight and sin. Notice what he says here, our writer. Therefore, as a result of what you've seen in chapter 11, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside 
every weight and sin which clings so closely. We're surrounded by this cloud of witness, not only in Hebrews 11, but it's good to go back through history and read biographies of great men and women who have run the race before us. It can be a real encouragement and exhortation to continue on. Uh, A cloud of witnesses. Now, it's common today and kind of popular notion that people are looking down on us and they're saying things, you know. And, but that's not what this passage is saying. These are people who have gone before. They're in glory. They're focused on the Lord. They're waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. They're not talking to us with any kind of impression or audible voice or something like that. They're not floating around above us uh, looking at us. They're speaking to us through the written word of God. Witnesses to call God, uh, uh, call us to faithfulness unto the Lord, promising He was sovereign in my life. He was enough for me to get through and to finish the race, and He will be the same for you. They are a witness, a testimony of encouragement to faithfully run the race. Throughout history, God has encouraged his people uh, through the preaching of the word of God. Uh, Even before the word of God was completed, uh, Joshua, for example, near the end of his life, leading uh, the people of God into the uh, promised land in Joshua 21 and verse 45 not one word of all the good promises that the Lord has made to the house of Israel had failed all came to pass and you turn over to chapter 23 and 14 and uh, now I am about to go the way of all the earth and you know in your hearts and souls all of you that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God has promised concerning you not one what is he saying And what are they saying here, these witnesses in Hebrews 11? They're saying God is true to his word. He's faithful. You may be tired. You may be hitting the wall right now in your Christian life. But don't give up the race. Consider those who have gone before you. And like Abel, that we read about Abel in Hebrews 11.4, though he is dead, yet he still speaks to us through the scriptures. So here's the the exhortation and here's the, the wise guidance we get in running this race. We are to lay aside every weight. Literally, uh, it's rendered the weight that hinders. Whether this is in a short race or a distance race, do you see many overweight people uh, running these kinds of races? Do you see them wearing baggy clothing or carrying a big heavy backpack as they try to run through the race? Of course not. That would be ridiculous. 
You try to use the, the lightest clothing and the best shoes and get yourself in a, uh, in a uh, position of good health so that you can run, so that you can finish. In Greek competition, they didn't even wear clothing. They wore nothing, no weight whatsoever. And notice we are to set aside um, something, that weight, and then it, he says, sin. Now, uh, the weight is not necessarily things in our lives that are sinful, but things that might hinder us from progressing in the race. Maybe they're not wrong. Maybe they're just uh, a, a little uh, side thing over here, losing my focus on what God's called me to do. Maybe it's a, a particular friendship or an association. Uh, maybe it's an event or a place or a habit, a pleasure, an entertainment. Uh, I've known some people who have gotten so hooked on video games that their life is committed to it. They can barely wait to get home from work to turn on the computer and be lost in this other world, this fantasy world, you see. Now, initially, that might not be a bad thing. It could turn into a sinful thing if one is wasting time, and then what is one putting into uh, into their mind. But there are various things that we have to say, this is okay, but are there other things that are better and best so that I might run the race most consistently? And then there is sin. He says you need to get rid of sin. Sin clings closely. Sin can trip us up. Sin deceives, entangles and can send us to the ground. You know that, and I know that. Uh, Paul describes sin in Galatians uh, 5 as works of the flesh. In Galatians 5 and uh, verse 19, he writes, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Awful sin. It's a weight. It's a burden. And we keep bringing it to Jesus. He says, put it off, put it off, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly what Paul says in Romans chapter 13 and verse 12 and following. The night is far gone, the day is at hand, uh, so then let us Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, 
not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. But we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And I think that's the implication of what we're reading in Hebrews together. Lay aside every weight and sin. Is there a weight in your life? Is there sin in your life that needs to be repented of and turned from? And we need to turn to the one who has put us in the race, even the Lord Jesus. Secondly, in our text, uh, notice he says, run with endurance. The Christian life is not a sprint. It's not fast sanctification. Uh, We oftentimes wonder, Lord, why do you keep me here? I don't seem to be doing that much, and I have all these struggles and difficulties. Why don't you just take me to heaven right now and make me perfectly holy instead of this ongoing struggle? But God knows what he is about And the first question and the first issue you and I should be concerned with is, am I in the race? You can't run a race that you have never entered. The race only begins through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not truly a Christian, you will be sadly disappointed at the end, at death when your world comes crashing down. Living a life of my own desires, uh, my own efforts, uh, and uh, my own direction, instead of a life of following hard after the Lord Jesus, is a life that will end in disappointment and in judgment. Jesus says to some who never knew him, thinking they might be in the race, but they're not, And he would say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. And so, brothers and sisters, we need endurance. The race is daily. We need strong faith. Read Hebrews 11. That's what pleases God, is when I'm not looking at myself, but I'm looking at him and trusting him and seeking Him. We need faithful, regular church attendance and involvement because this is where God gives us the means of grace and the power and the ability to continue on in the race. We need strength and stamina, our inner focus and drive to finish this race. Paul wrote to that young minister, Timothy, in first, uh, no, in second Timothy chapter four, near the end of Paul's earthly ministry, and he writes this in seven and eight: "I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith." Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Praise God. Endurance. 
Notice something else in the text. It says that this race is set before us. Why does he say that? It's because it's not my plans. It's not my way. It's not my timing. It is a race designed by God. Each person has the very same ending, the same goal, but our paths are different. Our gifts, our interests, where we live, how we live our life, the people who are most intimate in our lives, it's, we're all different in that. And we're not worried and comparing ourselves uh, with others. When we look outside of ourselves, we ought to be thinking, how can I help encourage my brother and my sister in the running of the race? We're not trying to beat one another in the Christian life. We're here to support one another and to help one another as we run this race together. It's set before us, and it can be so difficult. Running through mountains and and rivers and deserts and oceans, forests, and uh, underneath that hot sun uh, uh, and rain and darkness and light, ice and snow, ice or hot and cold. There are times of happiness, great happiness, and also sadness and disappointment, tears and laughter, want and plenty, life and death. We are called to endure. A step at a time, that's what is required. You get up in the morning and you take that first step Do it with your eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. A day at a time. Not looking back, not worrying about what happened and all the things that took place, whether you were great or a failure, but looking ahead. Because this is a race. Not competing with one another, but helping each other to finish the race. William Barclay writes on this subject, he says, that determination, unhasting and unresting, unhurrying and yet undelaying, which goes steadily on and which refuses to be deflected. Obstacles will not daunt it, delays will not depress it, discouragements will not take its hope away. It will halt neither for discouragement from within nor opposition from without. Point number three. People in our culture, and you heard that in the adult Sunday school class, those of you who were in there this morning, our culture is obsessed with self. Our culture has gotten rid of God and gotten rid of his holy word. And so all there is is myself and my ideas and my happiness. But it's interesting, we are exhorted here to focus where? Focus on Jesus. That's where we are to be looking. When I get in trouble, that's not where I'm looking. I'm looking at myself. Looking to Jesus. Now, this is an emphasis on his humanity. 
Jesus means Savior. Jesus is the one who took on flesh and blood, was born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those under the law. Jesus, as a man, ran the race. He trusted fully in his Father, and he yielded completely to the Spirit so that by faith he lived the perfect life, becoming the perfect Savior of sinners. And so we are to constantly go to him, follow him, and rely upon him for everything. Now, a couple of messages ago, I preached on the text of Hebrews chapter 4. I'm sure you all remember that very well. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Um, <laughs> Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, we have this marvelous picture of Jesus, the great high priest, passing through the heavens, the Son of God, and uh, we are exhorted there to hold fast our confession. And then he tells us one good reason, a marvelous reason. He says, we're uh, not to have a high, or we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He went through it, even unto the cross, and he was faithful. You know, he, uh, what if he had uh, uh, entered the, the upper room and uh, his disciples are in the midst of uh, this debate of who's going to be the greatest? And he finally just said, you know what? I am through. I'm done with you men. I've given three years of my life to you and this is where you are? What if he had done that? What if uh, in the garden, falling on his face, talking to his heavenly father, he said, Father, I've decided that this is not worth it. Sweating drops of blood, agonizing for these wretched sinners. And he just stopped the race. What if right before uh, he was nailed to the cross, he did call 12 legions of angels and said, take me out of here. We are so tempted to, to, to quit. We are so tempted to complain. We are so tempted because we are looking at ourselves and our circumstances, and they seem overwhelming at the moment. But brothers and sisters, don't quit. Keep looking unto Jesus. He is the founder and he is the perfecter of your faith and mine. Literally, he is the pioneer of our faith. He originates uh, our faith. Uh, and he is the one who promises not only to, to, to work the faith in you, but to work in you and to make you like himself. And he will complete it on that day that he returns. Is that not blessed? 
were wonderful. He came into the world. He took on our nature. He remains to this very day as the God-man. And he always will be. We will see him someday face to face because he was faithful. So that's where you and I need to look. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. And he is our example in endurance. And that's what we need in this ultra-marathon race called life. We need Jesus And we are to endure and run the race the way he did. Humbly submitting to the will of the Father. Doing all that the Father called him to do. He wanted to honor the Father. He wanted to glorify the Father. And thus he did through a faithful life. He wanted to save a people. His brethren. And thus he did. He conquered And we can have the hope of glory all because of what he has completed. And you know what his motivation was? The text tells us joy set before him and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In his high priestly prayer in John 17, he said, Father, I want these disciples, I want these men and and these women that you have called and that are following me and those who will follow after them, I want them to be in glory and see my glory someday. The glory I had before I came down to this world. That's what I want. I want to share that with each and every one of them. That's hard to comprehend, that kind of love, that kind of commitment. As you run, fixing your eyes upon Christ and fixing your eyes upon the glory that is ahead for you and for me, not because we earn it, not because we win the race and beat others, but by the grace of God and the love of God, We will know glory and happiness like we cannot even comprehend. Verse 3 of our text can be a pivotal verse. It can focus back on the verses 1 and 2. It can focus ahead to the verses that follow. I'm going to use it as an application, a final thought for you. Notice, um, let me get back to the text here. Uh, In 3 he says, consider him, and here's what he wants us to think about, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You and I may run into situations uh, where we express our faith and we really get slammed for it. Nowadays, if if uh, you express your faith and your conviction in the Word of God, uh, potentially you could lose your job, your livelihood. It's most difficult to be uh, an open, witnessing Christian, but we must be. These people hate God, they hate Jesus, and Jesus said, if they hated me, they will hate you also. And yet these same people desperately need the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we ought not to be put off. We ought to continue to pray for them and love them 
and give them the gospel with great wisdom and sensitivity. Consider what Jesus endured uh, at the hands of men. That ultimately is the cross. And the writer is saying, live in the gospel daily. Keep thinking on what he came to do and what he did faithfully and what he accomplished and finished because that will give you great hope and encouragement. It will help you to take the next step as you bask in his love, in his mercy, uh, in his wonderful providence in saving you, in saving me. Salvation is very personal. It's for a people but it's for each and every one of us individually. So we're tempted to be weary and faint-hearted because of sinful people in this world. The brothers and sisters trust, obey, and commit. Get rid of those things that are going to hinder your running the race. Maybe they're okay but maybe they're not the best. Get rid of that sin that wants to trip you up and ruin your witness. Repent of it again and again, turning over to the Lord. And then run, run, run with your eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't lose heart. Jesus did not. And he's going to get us there. He's going to get you there personally. You see, we can finish because of the one who's gone before us and the one who presently runs with us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We are so grateful for the gospel. We're so grateful that you have chosen us out of the mass of humanity. You've set us apart unto yourself. That's hard to comprehend. We thank you for the love that we see at the cross. We see justice there. We see mercy there. We see your holiness there. We see your blessed love there in and through our Savior. Help us as we run this race to be encouraged by the good news, the good news of the gospel, that Jesus came to save sinners. And he is in the process of saving each and every one of us. In his blessed name we pray. Amen.